a new week, a new outlook on... What the fucking point? This is the push-off. Let's get it over with. Alright everybody, we're here, whether we want to or not. Now it's another episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week and gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan, football is life! Right. Dan, um, we, we pushed I had a great it, week, and, Scott. I had a great week. Did you have a good week? Was it, yeah, was it a good it was one all around? It was awesome. That's That's great for you that's great i didn't have a bad one i mean i had <laughs> there were things that didn't go my way there were plenty that did so we can talk about it all um yeah we we pushed last week very heavily it was rivalry week and there was a lot on the line and now we're back uh surprises happened eh, we'll see kind of and then not so much um <laughs> What, but, a, what uh, a way to put your time as a Vikings fan. Surprises, but not so much. Yeah, but let's, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, we're all where we are supposed to be, more than likely. <laughs> um, but before we get there, uh, the, we are recording this mere hours after the trade deadline. And if there's one thing you know about the NFL trade deadline, it is a lot of hype for not a lot of excitement. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, very, very much a... Uh, a hand job with no finish, as they like, say in the Orient. Who says this? The Orient. They say that in the the Orient. Yeah, it's not the Orient anymore. It's never Those... referred to as that in the last thirty years. Well, clearly, you weren't addicted to opium in the eighteen hundreds because that was very popular. <laughs> um, yeah. So the trade deadline. Not not a lot happened. I'm going to run through the ones that we did see uh, since last week, which includes Mark Ingram, who went back to the Saints mm-hmm. and actually played in the game. We're in weird number 14, but yeah. the Saints needed, you know, the, chasing the old uh, history when he was there. I can't think of a lot of times where that that's worked out, where a player has gone back to a team where he kind of had his best moments and then done it again, you know? I mean, especially as a running back over the age of 30, it's, it's damn near yeah. impossible. But at this point, you're not expecting Mark Ingram to be a bell cow back. You... You want him to be a spellback. You want him to be a guy who's good in pass pro and, you know, decent in the third down and, and knows the offense, and he does all three of those. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, Saints are buyers right now, and they, they did that. But then the biggest one, um, Von Miller going to the Rams. This is the one that we have. Uh, yeah, th- that, that's the, the news of the day kind of thing other than the the, the bummer in, in Vegas. Yeah. Um, the Rams are selling off their – next year's second and third picks to the Broncos for Von Miller, who has not played in the last, what, two, three weeks? Two weeks, yeah, he was uh, deactivated last Sunday. And maybe that was leading to this? I don't know, but uh, this is another scenario of the L.A. Rams. Just, you know, we don't need draft picks. We we want these guys, and we're going to go get them for these draft picks that could be anybody. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, it's Schrodinger's GM. He's decided to collapse the possibilities, 
I want starters. I want people that have played in the league, and I don't give a fuck about the draft capital. Just, you know, give me give me a Von Miller for a second and a third. Now, if you're getting Von Miller from three years ago, my God, you got to steal. But if you're getting Von Miller who hasn't played a full season in three years and isn't healthy right now recovering from an ankle injury, eh, I probably could use a solid second or third round pick there uh, in the future. So, you know, it's a one-year rental. You've got control of him for this year. You could franchise him if you want, but L.A. is so cash-strapped that that's not going to happen. So it's a rental. It's a one-year go. I agree what you said there at the beginning, yeah, that it's – he's he's past his prime his prime was super bowl 50 Ooh, and yeah. and he's on a end of a contract where you can maybe extend it but you're cash strapped as you are as the rams so what's your plan here other than he's he's got to be that that you know that pass rusher that gets you above the hump of mm-hmm. the rest of the nfc and get you to the big game now he's got to be now so he's got to be healthy and i assume with trades there's a a physical that goes underway, maybe the Broncos are looking at it going, well, he's going to get moved, so let's put him under, you know, bubble wrap on the sidelines, do you think? I think that's partly to do with it. I think they're also being very careful for a guy who's had lower body injuries over the past three years going, do we need to push this? I mean, we're on a bit of a slide right now. Um, It's interesting that Denver makes this move after a win, but it was also after a win without Von Miller. Um, Right. And you're at a point now where Denver's not looking around thinking, oh, yeah, this is the core of a championship team. They're looking around thinking, okay, we might be lucky to make the playoffs. We might be luckier to miss them. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Fangio's the guy to do that, but I feel like if Fangio gets to the edge of the playoffs, he probably keeps his job. Um, but Von Miller's not going to be a part of this in the future. You can't afford him. He's going to strap your team that needs help at the quarterback position, needs help at the running back position, needs help in the offensive line, has to re-sign a bunch of dudes on defense, you've got to move Von Miller out of the way. It makes sense. And to get a second and a third from a, a team that is loaded for bear and uh, Super Bowl or bust in these Rams, I think it makes sense. It's logical all around, except you know my feelings on draft picks and how much I love them. Uh, yeah, I was about to Rams say, don't. You, just were, you were just saying it's logical all around, but when this happened, you seem to have a quite a different opinion when it came to what the Rams are doing here. Well, it's not it's not this trade. You know what I mean? Okay. Sure. It's it's their trading philosophy in general. It's their talent acquisition philosophy in general that I have okay. a problem with. Um you know, I don't I don't have a problem with someone who drinks a beer. I have a problem with someone who drinks nine consecutive beers <laughs> in a one hour period. That's who I have oh, a problem okay. with. And so that seems like what the Rams are doing. You're allowed to trade draft picks for capital. You're supposed to. That's part of the deal. I mean, that's why you have the value board. But when you trade all of your draft picks, I do think you tend to hollow out your team. And there's something exciting for the fan base about rookies. And there's something to be said for a fan base about being like, that's our guy. And he's been our guy the whole time. He's he's never worn anything but a Ramsters. And they've got that in Aaron Donald. But in who else? It's just Aaron well, Donald. Everybody else is, you know, in for the Kind penny. of. Yeah. Um, I, I, w- I went looking at it too myself. Uh, since they moved to LA is when all of this changed. Um, they traded away what, like six high draft picks to get Jared Goff. And then that's been it. He's been their last first round draft pick since that moment. Uh, the argument for positive and, you know, why mess with what works is that they have had a winning season ever since then too. 
uh, they were four and twelve when they went and brought Goff in, and then ever since then winning seasons. Now one of them was nine and seven and not in the playoffs, but it's a winning season. That was Jeff Fisher. He had to. That's right. And then they have also gotten starters from fourth rounders and third round picks in there. Uh, Tyler Higby, Cooper Cup, um, Ebucom was a fifth rounder. Um, they got Akers and Jefferson last year, so these are second round. Those are second round guys, but. Yeah, they've been doing this without a first rounder for so long. Is is that smart or not? I think my argument is we have to wait and see. You got to wait and see what you're going to get out of Von Miller. You got to wait and see what you're going to get out of what you're missing out of these guys. And if you run into a cap issue because you're paying a bunch of vets who want to get paid like vets, yeah, yeah, then that's a problem too. But so far since 2016, which was five years ago and now you're seven and one in the class of maybe the nfl i ain't gonna knock it till it till it starts failing it looks good to me i uh i did an analysis i sent you a long diatribe that will be used against me if i ever you know overthrow the government or attempt to not saying this government i'm just saying a government maybe someone in the maldives (laughs) if if they had held on to their draft picks these are the players they could have taken could it? Now yeah, they could have. Yeah. They could have missed. Yeah. They could have missed. But these are guys with high enough grades that would have been considered. You know, they would have been passing on these guys rather than, uh, you know, reaching. So I didn't pick any guys that were like, well, what a second round steal. They could have had him. These were guys with rate with grades in the range of where they picked. Twenty sixteen, Taylor Decker. It's not a sexy pick, but that's a starting left tackle. Twenty seventeen, Jamal Adams or Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. So I think we can all agree they had the, the quarterback class. of Goff though the year before. So they but I'm saying have. had that not You're happened. Right. Had that not happened. Unless they were the Cardinals, <laughs> they yeah, wouldn't go quarterback back to back in the first round. Yeah, let's do this thing again. Uh, but you're 20, right. We, yeah, 2018 they could have had DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley or if they'd waited all the way to the end of the round, Lamar Jackson. 2019 Caleb McGarry or Cody Fe- Cody Ford, starting offensive lineman. 2020 Justin Jefferson or Patrick Queen, whether you needed help on offense or defense. And 2021, they could have had Greg Rousseau or Odafe Owa. Okay, yeah. I, I realized I was going to like start arguing every single one, so I just let this out. Because <laughs> these are big what-ifs. You're right. They're huge. but It's an opportunities that they did pass on or that they're trading away. That's true. But in yeah. exchange, what they got was this. Jared Goff, Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks, Jalen Ramsey, then rid of Jared Goff and got Matt Stafford and then gave yeah. up more first-round picks. So they really only got one consistently good player and one guy that they basically had to give up a ton for. Like, when you think about how much they lost in the Jared Goff trade and then in the Jared Goff trade to Matt Stafford, what a huge yep. loss of draft capital. Tremendous. But if it if it gets them this year to the Super Bowl everything's worth it even if they lose like if i uh, thinking myself as a vikings fan if it gets the rams two consecutive playoff wins then there's that opportunity of a super bowl win in there you know and one play here one play there kind of thing and i say you know then the, it all had to be worth it so yeah for now yeah they gave up a lot and they keep giving up a lot but i am uh, yeah it, it doesn't fool me i'm for it the rams are doing something now if you are the um the office the uh 
scouts that work for the LA Rams. Then I'm pissed because what is my job anymore? <laughs> oh, no, that's great. You just clock in. You're like, uh, well, I don't have any first rounders, so I'm just, uh, I, yeah, I'm looking at some guy at Sam Houston it's great State now, this week. But they just did three months of work on, on these <laughs> second and third rounders, and they just turned around and put it in the shredder, and it's yeah. <laughs> bye-bye. It's that guy in the Superman 3 who breaks all of the... <laughs> Leaning Tower of Pieces because he's just got to start over again. <laughs> nice Superman happy. 3 reference. That's right. Thank you. All right. Real quick, the other trades. <laughs> Sorry. We got in a segue there of the Rams. Melvin Ingram's going to the Chiefs uh, for sixth rounder. Stealing it. We're yeah. done. Uh, Charles Omenahue. I got that right? Going to the Niners. Yeah. Chiefs and Jets trading straight up. Dan Brown, the tight end for the O-liner, and Dr. Duvernay mm-hmm. Tardif. Dan Brown, underrated author. Um, <laughs> properly <laughs> rated tight end. And, uh, yeah, Duvernay Tardif is coming to an offensive line that maybe doesn't necessarily need him. Um, but good to have. I mean, he's a guy who could start for you, but he wasn't starting for the Chiefs. So it's... I know. You know, it's just about getting depth if you're in New York and... You know, having a guy like Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, like, nobody ever thinks of that guy as a locker room issue. Yeah. <laughs> fucking doctor. Nope. He's fine. That's what I heard mostly about this draft is the, the rumor mill is that a lot of people weren't looking to trade because they're worried about depth. Like, the yeah. Buccaneers, for example, could have traded Ronald Jones, but, you know, what if something happened to Leonard Fournette? You know, is it worth it for what they're going to get back? And it's not usually the case. And it's, um, it's also, they're not a seller yeah. right now. You know, they're... You need as many as many bullets in your in your gun as you can. I mean, even if you don't think you're gonna fire it, just good to have it going into the battle. True, true. And then finally, Deshaun Watson not traded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's the news too. Not traded. Uh, the news is, I thought maybe this is more of a speak on oh he's going to be more in trouble with all of this off the field issues, but also the Texans are asking for like three first round picks or something super high that apparently no team is willing to risk that. So. Yeah, I mean, the the asking price is exorbitantly high for a guy who is on shaky ground legally, um, mm-hmm. unless the Texans have done a ton of work and are like, no, 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 he'll be fine. Like, this is just going to be a storm that passes. Um, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm fine with this. <laughs> I'm still getting paid. Yeah. Still getting paid, I get another healthy year uh, to reap my contractual benefits with no impact in the NFL. Yeah. We'll revisit when we find out what, if anything, is going on with him in this season. But uh, that's it. While he's off the field, he's off the field. Okay, well, that's the news um, for as far as the trade deadline. Uh, it's over and done with. Everybody else that was maybe going to move, maybe not going to move, they're, they're where they're at. Uh, I guess releasements and you know pickups from the waiver wire will happen the rest of the year. But, yeah, keep an eye on that. Jalen Smith remain- cut, DJX cut. That's true. Yeah, Jalen Smith got removed from the Packers. I guess just nothing left in the, in the got removed. Tank wow. There, he said, "Yeah, that's well, how that came out." He's twenty six, but it seems like he's probably stupid. You know, mm. I mean, he athletically was always a marvel, but he's just been playing out of position for like two or three years. So I hope he catches on. I never hated the guy. I thought he was going to be the next great Cowboys linebacker, but that was not to be. I wish him luck. And Deshaun Jackson, I hope he fucking trips. And uh, breaks a leg. I fucking hate Deshaun Jackson. So very yeah. different feeling on those releases. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson can still take the time off the defense. If someone needs that, we might see him again. Yeah, especially if that defensive back is a Jew because he hates <laughs> Jews. Must, there you go. Must remember that he is deeply anti-Semitic. That's right. 
Okay, let's jump into the games. Hey, from one <laughs> cheery statement to the next. Um, you, make obvious, the, you make your money on the segues, Scott, I got to be honest with you. You're welcome. Uh, obviously, we're starting with it. Uh, Sunday nighter, Cowboys 20, Vikings 16. Dan, you're the only one that picked it. Myself and my mother wouldn't give you the satisfaction. <laughs> good, good. Uh, did without, you get a chance? Yeah. Without <laughs> this pick, I would have done very poorly this week in picks. That's true. That's true. We would have gotten even by by much more, mm-hmm. or at least I would have. Um, how did you watch this one? Did you get a chance to see it all? Were you interrupted oh, yeah. by the Halloween festivities? No, no. We were. The lucky thing about having three under three is that they're pretty much toast by about by about kickoff, um, mm. especially after a day of walking around knocking on doors. Everybody was fast asleep, uh, and I in my kerchief. <laughs> um, was able to sit on the couch and watch this game, and I watched every fucking minute of it. And I watched, I watched my alarms go off. The DAC is not starting, and I said yeah. to my wife, "Okie dokie, we're gonna lose this one." That's so. Fine. Did you not see that coming? The DAC wasn't gonna be in this game. I did. I did. As they kept going, like, well, it's you know, it's not the fact the fact that they said, well, it's not a playoff game, was like Thirst- setting yeah. the stage for him not doing it. And I think when they said that, that was when the uh, the line flipped six points. It was yeah. like Cowboys by two and a half, uh, Vikings by two and a half. And he was like, oh, okay, I see what you guys are expecting here. So I was kind of reading into that point too. And then that just made, you know, for me as a Vikings fan, it made me more nervous. I went, well, now there's, now there's ex- expectation. And now we better. <laughs> Who loses to a backup? Yeah, it's a backup. And you know what? Hey, for everything backup QBs have said about him, Cooper Rush looked pretty darn good, especially as the game progressed. And maybe that's because there's no Daniil Hunter in the second half, but, oh, man, he was first read, second read, read, you know, and he's finding somebody. I think we gave it mostly man-to-man because we had to, and he was picking them apart, and he did it that last drive and threw a beauty of a touchdown at the end of the drive there. Yeah, y'all were playing eight men in the box pretty much all the way through three quarters um and then he started making progress you know there was a the nice touchdown throw to wilson who uh the the point was made that like well they've been throwing to each other for like two fucking years uh because <laughs> they both been guys that are on the scout team pretty heavily um so they had a nice natural chemistry yeah i thought the cowboys defense was fucking ferocious i thought with the exception of the first drive by the vikings they did nothing offensively there was no yeah. creativity it was like traditional i think i texted you which i never do during games especially vikings cowboys games but i had i'd made peace with like oh we're gonna lose this game like we're gonna come out flat and i was like wow that first drive was well scripted well executed oof man i'm in trouble today and then it just disappeared it just went up in smoke i don't know what happened yeah no vikings offense has so much talent and when you do watch that and then it disappears and there's no scoring touchdowns the second half kind of thing i've seen that happen like of the six game, six seven games we've done, I've seen it happen like four. Like it just keeps yeah. happening this way. Um, I you know uh, first year offensive coordinator calling the plays, kind of maybe a growing pains thing of just non finding consistency. But there's also something wrong there when it's losing you games. I don't know. Yeah. It's again playing to competition. I part of me believes that. If Dak wasn't playing in this game, it would be a little different, whereas instead of the Vikings holding the lead the whole time and then losing it at the very end, it would probably be Vikings playing from behind but not really without a gunshot 
chance the whole game and then losing it at the end. Like that's how we played every game this season is to the competition. And I feel like if Dak was in this game, we would have shredded you. Uh, yeah. You can <laughs> feel that, but little things it, here and there. You know, this is this is the Rams draft class. Who knows? Who, who yeah. knows what could have been? Um, I, I appreciate you saying Cooper Rush had a good game. I thought he did. I thought as far as being a backup in the NFL, I also love the shots of his dad who's been coming oh, to I games and watching that. him on the I bench. I was over that so fast. That got real old, especially at the end. It was like, all right, well, I don't know where this is a home game of. <laughs> and that was a big part, too. Yeah. We were there. There, uh, Cowboys fans are certainly they they travel well because you guys have had roots around the 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 yeah. U.S. as we're, it goes. Vikings we're are in actually, the city. I, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Vikings fans. It's a surprise when they start showing up in Arizona or you know L.A. or something like that. But Dallas, you can kind of expect it's almost fifty fifty in these games, and yeah. that was yeah surprising. And especially it was early. They were showing the crowd, and I go, no, I see a lot of Cowboys shirts and then i saw i heard a lot of coop yeah and all that stuff and it was yeah it's it was i'll say two things one the officials were on your side uh this game oh boy howdy were they now we were getting penalized for stupid shit but also very ticky tacky on randy gregory who gets himself into trouble but yeah, the, if, <laughs> he just disqualified it with the last sentence. No, he here, does. But. He gets himself into trouble. But then when he's playing like close to it, they're like, "Yeah, fuck you!" Like we're not gonna. The know. one where we're like Cook wasn't even out of bounds yet. He wasn't he out of bounds. He him. hits him like, out of bounds. You're like, okay, you can't really yeah throw the flag there. But because he also did the the uh, awful hip prior, it was like, oh, well, yeah. what, why is this guy not learned his lesson yet? Well, and what he was he doing was trying right to get thing. his frustration out. Yeah. Yeah. He did the right thing. He was within bounds, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck it, we're gonna flag you." And at the same time, we get that real horseshit Harrison Smith thing uh, against Ku against uh, I just, CD. I didn't even see that until after the oh, day was, was up. Yeah, I Ref didn't was see looking it on right the at feed. It. Yeah, Ref was looking right at it. He's like, "Meh, he's white. It's fine," uh, and just <laughs> fucking moved on. And it was just insane. Like we were getting penalized a ton. They were getting very ticky tacky with us. But I will, I will say this: I was. Pro Zeke at the beginning of this year, that last run he had at the end of the game to get us that first down was some fucking hero shit. That was one of the toughest, gutsiest runs I have seen him produce all year. It was absolutely fucking fantastic. It should have been maybe like a five-yard reception, and the fucking guy just absolutely pushed three Vikings defenders over the line of scrimmage and willed his way into a first and goal. It was lovely. Lovely. Loved the shit out of it. Um, this is a tough Cowboys team. This is a good Cowboys team at every level. Our defense was getting good coverage. Your wide receivers weren't really flying around. Not a ton of room for Dalvin Cook to be running. It. Yeah, this was a good defensive game. It was a good offensive game with backups. I don't, I don't see a lot of holes in this Dallas Cowboys team right now, if I'm being honest with you, and that's not even being a homer. I'm very excited. <laughs> and you should be. They, they do look very good. Uh, yeah, Cook was Cook had an off game, and Cowboys shut him down pretty good. Um, looking back at the game, I think receivers were open. I don't think it was that Kirk didn't find him. I think there was pressure up the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Udo was holding a bunch, and uh, Bradbury just keeps backpedaling so yeah. much and getting really tired of watching it. Um the game, though, was tight, and it could have been won by the Vikings up through the fourth quarter. But the second half was different on defense because there was no pass rush. 
and no. Daniil Hunter being done now for the season because he tore his pec means that we're right back to the defense that you saw last season where there's no pass rush, so they have to get creative and leave their corners out there on islands. Patrick Peterson is done. Bashad Breeland has never shown up. Nope. So here we go again kind of thing. And we saw it, like Cooper Rush kind of a lot of, you know, I'm going to run this nine turn around after <laughs> 10 yards and pick up the first down. There were like three plays in a row. I was like, oh, that's a 12-yard first down. There's, there's a 13-yard first down. I was like, yeah, we can't play defense this way. And this is happening more and more as we get down these these roads with uh, this coaching staff and Zimmer, and that's where I think the Viking fan base is now. Is okay, well we're we've had enough of this same thing, and there's only so many times you can go back to the well and try to do it again. Um, it also goes. I don't know, Jefferson had a leg injury, kind of slowed him down. He was off and on, kind of limping on that, um, and then. Uh, first of all, one in thirteen on third downs for that yeah. Viking offense. Some of that is a good defense. Some of that is just piss poor play calling. One in thirteen. Never in my life. Um, three turnovers. <laughs> Never in my life. That was the oldest man thing you've ever said. Never in my life. Never in my my stars and cars. Uh, forced three turnovers and got no points from them. I believe. Yeah, I think that bad. happened in this game too. Yeah, and then bad. the the timeout debacles, which I want to spend one more little bit yeah. on. And no, then, please and do. And then that's all I have in this game. Um, the end of the first half, <laughs> uh, Kirk's running around with his head cut off, and they wasted all the clock to then call a timeout with one second to take a knee the next play. That was embarrassing as fuck. Yeah, then, that was pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, all right, you guys really, yeah, just shit the bed there, huh? Just didn't understand how how clock works. Then the end of the game where Zimmer calls back-to-back timeouts is not only embarrassing, but when you think, oh, the last game you played in Carolina when they did it and got a penalty, you didn't think to remember it? Like, that's not something that happens that often, but when you're reminded of it previously – let alone two weeks ago, fucking get a little stuck in your head there. Yeah, and they so changed it. That. That's th- the old icing the kicker rule. You can't do it two in a row. Back to back, yeah. But uh, they changed that when? Was that in the 90s? <laughs> no, no, that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> okay, still, very long ago. Um, it made a third and 15 into a third and 11, whereas they don't get that. There was no chance of going for it on fourth because a field goal would have just tied it. Would we have lost in overtime? Probably. It was heading that way. But there was a point, too, in the game where anytime we were playing by the lead, I was like, yeah, but that's not how Vikings play games this year. So I'll just sit back and wait. And there you yeah. go, Dan. That's the Vikings season, and that's how I feel now. So you're feeling very good. I feel very I good. I, I feel like Dak will be back. I feel like Cooper Rush made a lot of money. And I don't mean to steal a little crazy stat from you. But I read this recently. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, the, for the first time in NFL history, Cooper Rush threw a ball to Amari Cooper, which is the first time in history a quarterback's first name has thrown to a receiver with that same last name. So a oh. Cooper to Cooper. And the Cowboys also have the only recorded uh, pass from a last name to a first name with Andy Dalton to Dalton Schultz. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Jeez. What a weird little quirk there. And it's the only one, yeah. I guess it yeah, is. The, the Somebody only really had to history. do the research to make sure that never happened, though. Coop to coop, baby. Coop to coop. Somebody somebody went around and was like, all right, Len Dawson. Let's start with him. <laughs> any Dawsons, go. any Lens at all. I mean, but I'm surprised not the same. 
Yeah, I'm surprised there's no Brady Quinn to Kyle Brady. Like, at no point was that a thing, you know? <laughs> right. I'm looking into it. Vikings are going on the road week nine, nine, yep, to face the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, Ravens coming off a bye. <sighs> Fun how that stuff works. I think they yeah. really figured out a way to kind of screw up buys this year, whereas usually if you were going to London, it, you get a buy after. If you had a Thursday game, you had a buy before. All that's out the window with this 17-game season, I think. So Yeah, it's, it's pretty bonkers. Um, I'm obviously not taking the Vikings after the taste they put in my mouth this week, Dan. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not picking against Lamar. I mean, especially not after that offensive performance. That was pretty rough. And with Hunter out, I don't know how you're going to get pressure on Lamar consistently. So best right. of luck. Ravens are also coming back from that Bengals loss. They're going to get that taste out of their mouth. And at home, yeah, they're going to be looking for blood. Mm-hmm. All right, another game to discuss. The Denver Broncos winning in Washington, or winning at home versus Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and me picked it. My mom took Washington, so we got her there, Dan. Um, the Washington football team, four sacks, but uh, blew it, was one for three on field goals, and just not enough there. Broncos D, five sacks. Uh, Simmons had two interceptions and the, yeah, Denver just kind of controlled this one and uh, just very straightforward game. This was a good Denver defense versus a bad Washington offense. And it was not a fun game uh, to watch unless you like defensive struggles, because that's right. exactly what this is. Taylor Heineke was throwing the ball all over the place, not really making a bunch of good reads, just kind of taking what the defense was giving him. Two interceptions, especially going both of those to Justin Simmons, problematic. Um, But Teddy Bridgewater played a very Teddy Bridgewater game. He was like, you know, efficient, but not ruthlessly so. Um, Yeah, I just, there's nothing about this, there's nothing about this Denver team that impresses me even in a win. And there's nothing about this Washington team that makes me excited from the loss, where it's like, ah, yeah, but there's some talent on this team. No, they're just a middle of the road or bottom of the basement kind of team and Denver's a very middle of the road group that I'm not afraid of I don't think anybody should no I think what we're finding is Denver will beat the teams they're supposed to but that's where they're gonna lie here uh is that a step up from where they were kind of Uh, is that enough to keep Fangio a job for another year maybe you know it's that kind of feeling Washington is another story I don't know if it's all to blame on uh uh, Riverboat Ron there because they you know quarterback goes down it's a stopgap guy anyways in Fitzgerald he'll be back Heineke is turning the ball over like he's an exciting player it's just it's not protective and when you have that defense that's really the only way to win is stop turning the damn ball over um, there was a rumor and I texted it to you that they were trying to trade for uh, Mitchell Trubisky to Washington yeah. from Buffalo um didn't happen so i gotta get that out of my head because that just sounded fun <laughs> to see trubisky <laughs> out there again because uh, i'd gotten to see heineke already for you know seven, six weeks whatever you it know. was but, but yeah washington again, doesn't scare neither of these teams scare me and i don't think they're going anywhere now yeah i mean washington are you a buyer at two and six in the nfc east that the cowboys have a stranglehold on like I don't, it would be a futures thing, yeah. Yeah, where it's like you okay, and you want to you want to spend draft <laughs> capital on Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, it depends you know, on just, what their Buffalo wants for him, but yeah, Mitchell is a guy you get on a veteran deal in the off season and go, yeah, let's bring him in for competition. You don't trade for Mitchell Trubisky. What the fuck are you not doing? Mid, not mid season. That's probably true. 
Um, though, so talking about this game, which wasn't a very exciting one, allows us to bring up that the Cowboys are playing at home against the Denver Broncos this week, Dan. Uh, so yeah, obviously you're feeling good about these Cowboys. How can Denver upset the horse? What can they do? Um, I mean, get Dak injured again? I don't know. Like step on Dak's calf, give him some flat tires. Well, speaking of injury, Diggs has an ankle sprain. How's that looking for him? Uh, it's an ankle sprain. It'll probably be two or three weeks till he's back in full okay. health. Um, you know, he didn't get an interception, which means he's a dog shit player. And it's over now. That's right. We stop that. Yeah. Suck on that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll suck on that, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, Diggs, he had a good game, um, but Diggs very much is like, everybody knows this. He's taken opportunities. Uh, you know, he's trying to get picks and will occasionally give up some big plays for it. Um, he's a young corner. I'm not worried about it, but yeah, I think, the ankle injury isn't going to be a long-term thing for him, so it should be good. And we're getting good play out of Anthony Brown, and Kelvin Joseph, our second-round pick, needs to needs to get some reps in there, so I'm happy about it. I think that's If you what can be saying, happy about an injury, I'm happy about it. They've been kind of wanting to get Joseph in and see how he's doing on the outside, so they, here's your opportunity. Um, no, I'll take the Cowboys, too, is, of course. Uh, Denver's, yeah, they, they're not knocking off the top teams here lately, so that's going to be a tough one on the road for them. Uh, and then the Washington football team goes on a bye for week nine. So they Good. get to Thank try goodness. to get healthy and yeah, figure out what they're going to do moving forward for the rest of the season. Uh, all right. Let's get to a couple of the really good games at the noon hour on Sunday. This was right before trick-or-treating started. <laughs> uh, I want to start with the overtime one. Tennessee Titans keeping the big wins going. They beat the Colts uh, in Indy 34-31. This is another one that my mom took opposite, so we got her on that one too. Um, Tannehill, three touchdowns but two picks. A.J. Brown went for a huge game, 10 catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Randy Bullock's back, and in a big way. <laughs> big is what I mean. Uh, kicks him the winning one uh, in overtime, but this was a fun game. It's back and forth. Colts were up at the half. The game was tied at 24 for a while. Uh, it looked like Carson Wentz gave it up with that bonehead interception to try to avoid a safety. That's what gave gave up the lead with under two minutes left in this game. But give it all credit for the Colts to keep fighting. They just come up short because Wentz throws another interception in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an old expression, another victory like this and I shall be undone. Yeah, It is a, it is a Pyrrhic victory for these uh, Tennessee Titans because they lose – the man, the myth, the mountain, the lion, <laughs> the king, Derrick Henry, for yeah. an indefinite amount of time, which means foot injury, potential surgery, eight to ten weeks. Now, I the thought good I news is immediately got surgery. Has he had surgery now, or it's... I, I didn't see. I heard it was scheduled for surgery. I didn't know if he got it yet. Um, okay. Well, I, they might have been waiting for swelling to go down. Um, but, yeah... The good news for the Tennessee Titans is they now have effectively a four-game lead over the Colts, which we talked about a little bit last week, that it's three games with a tiebreaker, so they effectively the Colts have to win four more games than they do over the rest of the year to even close the gap, which is, yeah. that's yeah. tough. Yeah. That's a tough if road If there was to timing for this injury, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, it's, if it's going to happen, let it happen now instead of week 10 when he's toast. Yes. Um, so... That's the one good thing. That's the that's the silver lining to this very dark rain cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, though, 
you're, I guess you're still in it technically for the wild card, but you have to start thinking about sitting Carson Wentz. You really do. You have to start about it because you're three and five. Are you going to let him start 75? Are you going to let him get 75% of the snaps this year and lose your first round pick, which will be a top 15 pick? That doesn't make to any the fucking Eagles. sense to me. That's why you're bringing this up. But it, then the Eagles get it. You don't I mean, want just, them to get it. I mean, just effectively, I, I would not care. Like, I would be saying this in a tongue-in-cheek way if they had given that up to the Dallas Cowboys. I'd say, sure. you don't want to lose a first-round pick to not make the playoffs with a fucking guy? Like, that doesn't or make any be, sense to You'd me. phrase it to like a, please, keep yeah. doing it. Yeah, I think please. you're on the right track. I think I think Carson Wentz is ready to break. I think it's ready to go, and it's going to be great. Five more losses, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep him up there. Keep him in there. But yeah, yeah. You're, at, you're at 50% of the snaps right now. Yeah, you you got to make a decision. You you know, and it's hard because what that will effectively signal to the rest of the team is, hey guys, we're out of it. That's what it will. That's what it will signal to the team. But at three and five, are you in it? Because I, I don't feel like you are. That's the tough thing, man. You would need a couple other teams to to start dropping down. You know, Steelers one, Chiefs one. Those aren't those aren't good good signs for you uh, as the Colts, especially when you can't keep up in your division. It comes down to wild card, and ugh, that gets tougher too. So yeah, you're, trust you're me. effectively two games back in a wild card. Right, you know, right. Two more games, you'll decide where you are. Two more losses for these Colts, and it's over. Um, but you're right. The Titans, uh, they can try to mend. They can try to sneak out some wins without Derrick Henry in there, but that's a big task to try to fill the shoes. They got the last big beast running back <laughs> came from the NFL who was on the streets here, uh, Adrian Peterson. He's back, folks. Um, I'm a little excited just to see it, but uh, I don't expect much. I think they need a, a, a one, two, maybe three back setup with Peterson back there, get some other guys some options. Um, I'll hope that maybe they just lean more on uh, my fantasy star, A.J. Brown, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, here we go, Titans. You know, if you're the Titans, you got to just be like, "Hey, let's let's win two or three more of these things. Let's get to eight wins, and then kind of sit down, and get everybody healthy, because they've they have got a killer offensive roster if everybody's healthy. But everybody hasn't been healthy. It looks like Julio was coming back. Looked like AJ Brown had come back, and then out goes Henry. You know, Ryan Tannehill's just sitting there going, "When when am I going to get hit with a fucking log? Like, what's right. going to happen? I don't know what you know." But they are currently the top seed in the AFC. Yeah, at six and two, that's kind of fucking crazy. Yeah, um, and, and, and they've they might, been playing like it. Yeah, yeah, they've been really good. I mean, this was a tough divisional game. This was a tough divisional game at the Colts. You got to win this one, and they won it at Indianapolis. That says a lot about it. But I don't think they'll be the number one seed in the NFC in the AFC by when this is all said and done. Um, but you know, maybe yeah. a fifth seed. That's enough. That's enough with a healthy offense and a fifth seed. It could be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we see where the Titans end up. Are they heading to the playoffs even without Derrick Henry? Kind of feels like it. Yeah, especially uh, in that le- south. Yeah. Let's talk about the other big game in the AFC that happened at noon. This is the New York Jets getting their second win of the season, beating the Cincinnati Bengals at home 34-31. I mean, if you would have told me Mike White comes in and throws 10 for 10 to start the game and wins them this one, in exciting fashion, I tell you, this is some Madden game, and that's a creative player because that's just not a real name. But here we are. I watched it happen. Um, he had a great game. He threw for over 400 yards, three touchdowns. 
He did have two picks. In fact, so when I say he started the game 10 and 10, and then the next pass after that was an interception. Um, Bengals, I thought the Bengals were going to take this one. It just kind of felt like Jets were hanging around like they do in the second half. The the Bengals would have pulled away. Well, they were up 31 to 10 halfway through the fourth quarter, but the Jets fought all the way back, take that lead with 345 left, and the Bengals had to punt it back to them and just never got it, just never got it back. Yeah, I mean, this, listen, the Jets give people syphilis, and this was a, this was a <laughs> trap game of all trap games. To come it off started that, as a simile, like a, a metaphor kind of thing, but now you're just saying the Jets give people syphilis. <laughs> yeah, Adam Gase gave them sy- No, Adam Gase got syphilis from the Jets. The Jets have had syphilis for a long time, honestly, since Vinny Testaverde. I mean, the guy was drafted <laughs> by Tampa Bay. He was in Moan's Venus Strip Club most of his 20s. I mean, he's going to get syphilis. It's the way it works. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, this is not a good Jets team, but at 2-5, and five, that's about as good as they probably could have expected to be. And Cincinnati at 5-3, and three, God, what a disappointing 5-3 and three after being, you know, 5-2 and two and defeating your arch-rival Ravens. Uh, yeah, this they just came out flat. I mean, the first quarter for Cincinnati was absolutely fucking tepid at best. And then they put it back together in the second quarter, and then they you know, played that way for the rest of the game. But by that point, the Jets had confidence. The Jets had confidence and were in rhythm. And it seemed like, you know, Cincinnati's defense had not taken them seriously. There's no film to be had on Mike White. Um, And this was a different sort of Jets offense moving forward. It seemed like he had fewer restrictions than Zach Wilson did. Um, I do want to bring up, just because of the long history, uh, Mike White gets knocked out of half a drive here, and we see Josh Johnson come into yeah. the game and I'm like that's not the same Josh John- oh my god it is this mm-hmm. guy has been around um he was drafted to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2008 as a fifth San round San Diego pick. State Aztec there you go he's an Aztec player um since 2008 has played I just want to run down his career history I'm just going to read it out real quick San Francisco then the Sacramento Mountain Lions <laughs> Uh, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, San Francisco again, Cincinnati again, New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts, Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, New York Giants, Houston Texans, Oakland Raiders, the Washington R-Words at that time, San Diego Fleet of the AAF, Los Angeles Wildcats, San Francisco 49ers, uh, last year into this year, and now the New York Jets. He was activated earlier this week because of the injury to Zach Wilson and had to come in and play in this game. They did trade for Joe Flacco midweek too. He wasn't ready. So this is the guy we had. So yeah, I see this Joshua Johnson come into the game. Now they did. He didn't play even that much as this, the rest of that drive, but I couldn't believe I saw him again. I, I will say this about Josh Johnson. I remember when he was the next big thing in Tampa Bay. Right. I remember when he was drafted and they're like, this Josh Johnson kid might be a fucking, might be a hoot. And then when he went to the Giants and they're like, Josh Johnson might supplant Eli Manning as the starter. And at this point, Josh Johnson and I are the same age. We're both 35 fucking years old. Yeah. We're 35 years old. Oh my God. He's been doing this. This has been his full time fucking job is traveling quarterback, man. Yeah. Not bad. He's lived in a lot of different places. I do have to correct one thing, by the way. I, I deeply insulted Josh Johnson. Um, he was not a San Diego State Aztec. Oh. He was a San Diego Torero. Oh. And it was I, actually a, an old the old Jim Harbaugh San Diego Toreros. 
Oh, is that right? Harbaugh went there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was his coach for a little while. Oh, I see, I see. Well, um, Harbaugh went to Michigan, and then he coached right. the Toreros. Now I follow you. Uh, so uh, the only other thing in this game I want to talk about is that last Jets drive and the helmet-to-helmet. Really unfortunate. I get the rule, but I don't like the rule type of call. It was like, no, that because it was a third and forever, and that was the play they did a little out. Like the Jets would have had to gone for it on a long fourth down or – given the ball up and tried to get it back like it changed the game and you almost handed the jets the opportunity there to win it with the, as the refs but that's how it goes i guess but i didn't like the call if you both lower your head you know i mean what the fuck is the defender supposed to do he thought he was coming on un- underneath it yeah and lo and behold he finds a head there there's you know, too many of those what is he supposed to do type of calls yeah. i think and i think that's the tough thing is it's it's almost like for one of those, it's like, all right, that's a five-yard penalty because what the fuck is he supposed to do? But not an automatic first down. I agree. You know? Yeah, I agree. There's got to be there's got to be some middle ground of like it's almost like incidental contact. Yeah, you give know? us a five and a fifteen like you do with the face mask. We used to have well, that. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah, but yeah, maybe go to the. I don't know. Yeah, bring them back. I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um. So I usually try to keep that Thursday night game for the last one to talk about. But when these games were so good, you got to get them up front here it's for true. everybody. You know, you put your best foot forward. But that does lead us to talk about the first game off the docket this week, which is Jets at Colts. That's our Thursday nighter this night this <sighs> week. Mike White's mean? back, and Carson yeah. Wentz, I think, remains beside Dan telling him not to. The uh, the giant killers. That it, these New York Jets have become <laughs> truly, truly a loaded team, ready to take on the greatest that the AFC has to offer. Uh-huh. But it's a short week, <laughs> and the Colts are at home, so I'm going to take the Colts. Yeah, Colts, uh, Colts at home. They're not a, you know, the, what's these records? I think are the the same two and five, both both of them. Uh, uh, Jets are no, I Colts think have the three. Colts are three and five. Yeah. Yep, you're right, 3-5. Uh, so, yeah, um, half a game up the better do the Colts have. But uh, I like them to get another win, uh, get their fourth against these Jets. I'm not I'm not yet to pick these Mike White Jets. Um, but also, would you be shocked at this point anymore? I wouldn't. Oh, no, uh, and it's a Thursday game. Crazier stuff has happened. Um, it's it's y- a good y- spot to be in as a Jets fan. I'm no longer shocked when you win, Jets fans. They, yeah, it's baby steps. Look where the Browns are now. They're already starting to disappoint Ugh. again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right back to it. It's Speaking of, uh, perfect segue because that's my next game. Oh, they they look, uh, that's, look at these segues. They, what are you saying? Uh, they uh, played at home and lost here to the Steelers, fifteen to ten. This was one you picked, Dan. Congrats, you got the Steelers in this one. One uh, of the few. It was a tight one with God. I wrote down no Browns players stats. Nobody really had an out loud stat game for the Browns. Uh, for the Steelers, it was, you know, the defense and Harris with 120 yards from scrimmage. Uh, he's awesome as a rookie, but this game was 3-3 at the half, and then the Browns actually opened drive for the second half, get a touchdown, and then they were gone, and it was all uh, Steelers in the second half. Um, they did lose their kicker because right before the half, they try a fake field goal, and the I, the hit was was a pretty big one, but this is kind of the risk you play, I think, when you do a, a fake field goal. I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I, if the thing that's going to bend the fate of your team is losing your kicker, um, you know, maybe maybe you're not the best team in the world. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't see a reason why you ever put the kicker in harm's way unless you've got a punter that used to kick in college, which they don't have that. Also, when he did that play, he, he held on to that ball for so long, just waiting, waiting, waiting. It's like, no, this is yeah. one of those where if you don't have it, that's it. And yeah, so get the thing the fuck out of your hands. He took the shot, and he was down, and they said he didn't have a kicker. The Boswell's out for the, the second half, and they had to go for two. So they get a touchdown, don't get the two. It's 9-10. to 10. Um, Then they have two late uh, – oh, the fourth and goal where they get the touchdown and take the lead. Um, and have to go for two again. So this game was still within shot there, 15-10. Browns have two late drives in this game to try to take the lead back. There's a Landry fumble and then a turnover on downs at about the 25 there at the end. So something we know Mayfield's not playing fully healthy. They are also Chubb's not playing full healthy either, I don't think. They seem to be subbing him. Uh, They don't have Hunt. This is a very banged-up Browns team, but – you're also at home in a game you kind of needed to have against the divisional rival here in the Steelers who could take your playoff spot now, you know, kind of feeling. It's Big Brother. You know, they lost again to Big Brother. And it's, God, I, I don't know what Big Ben's record is against the Browns, but I'm sure it's disgusting. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's like 95% winning percentage or something absurd. There was one we talked about years back where it's like, oh, yeah, he owns Cleveland, or he owns Ohio. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, him versus Cincy, him versus Cleveland, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, to your point, this Browns team is not the Browns team that we were sold because Mm -hmm. this Browns team is injured at every level. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with Odell. Jarvis Landry is not healthy. Nick Chubb is not healthy. And Baker Mayfield's arm's falling off. You know, fucking, it's it's like the scene in Dumb and Dumber. It's like, our pets' heads are falling off. This is you know, not good. Our quarterback's arms are falling off. But he's still winning. Uh, the only other thing I have about this game is, um, I, you know me, I love uh, the uniforms, I love the helmets, I like yeah. all that aesthetics of the of the NFL, the, what they put out there. Growing up, these two teams, is like, oh, the Browns, they have no logo on the side of their helmets. The Steelers, even more interesting, just on one side. So if you're looking like at a lineup of the helmets in one way, you just have like an all-orange helmet and an all-black helmet. Isn't this cool? This is Halloween colors, Dan. So in oh. my mind, when the Steelers and the Browns played each other, it was like this Halloween bowl-like thing. And what do we get it this year but on the day? A Halloween bowl of sorts, Steelers-Browns. I kind of watched it with a little smirk on my face, thinking like the young Scott would have gotten a kick out of this. I I always think Browns-Bengals is the Halloweeniest of games. Dan, perfect segue. Browns at Bengals, week nine. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. It's right here. I get that segue money, that sweet, sweet Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, so who do you like in this Halloween bowl uh, week late? Well, uh, Joe Burrow has two arms hmm. so that's a distinct advantage <laughs> right there um also you know if if you're feeling high and mighty after your ravens win it's a good way to come down to earth as a jets loss hmm. um i think i think the bengals are 100 percent aware that if they lose a game like this they are now on a slide um whereas the browns are like oh yeah no we are in a perpetual slide yeah. so this is fine um I, i'm giving it to the bengals here 
It's a it's a difference of one game right now. So if the Browns win this, they're right back in it uh, in the division. They're even talks of one of the best teams because you know the Bengals beat the Ravens in it. And this is one of those divisions where this could happen all year round. You know, so the, oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised the Browns won, but I'll take the Bengals at home. I think in in most seasons that's just the safer bet here is take the home team between these two that know each other so well. Uh, plus, uh, Browns are not going to f- still be very healthy, so I like the Bengals too. Hey, uh, we just covered quite a bit, and uh, there was a lot in it, so let's take a break. Because when we return, we got plenty of games to talk about, the two-minute no offense, and everything else that happened this week. We'll be right back. This is The Push-Off. Misery is all we know lately. Saturdays are all the same. Sympathy is overrated Like a snapshot when you've lost the game Now it's on the funeral I become a serial Killer of us both Now it's on the funeral I become a serial Killer of us both Okay, folks, thank you so much. Back from the break, back just in time for the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but if you find yourself in this portion of the program, it's probably likely that Dan picked you to win, and you just fucking embarrassed me (laughs) in front of my friends on Rivalry Week. How dare you, Lions? That's right, Dan, yeah, certainly... I didn't get the one that mattered, but I got you in all the rest this week. Yeah, these were some clunkers, too, man. These were some clunkers. Oof, yeah. Uh, all right, let me know when that clock's going. And turbo, go. All right, we're going to start in Detroit, where the Lions keep that winless streak going to the Eagles. 44-6. to God, what the fuck is going on in Detroit? Like, you, <laughs> they're not even a real team. No. They're... Like, I thought that maybe there's a little bit of chutzpah, maybe there's a little bit of pop, maybe a little bit of vim and vigor in this Detroit team, but, God, they just are bad everywhere. They are bad all over. Dan Campbell is fucked. Eagles uh, sent this team Miles. Might, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, they might go 0-17. I, just nothing. They're starting to quit. Promising. Yeah, they're starting to quit. Uh, Eagles sent Miles Sanders to IR, so we saw Jordan Howard, and he gets in the end zone twice, and Boston Scott get in the end zone twice, and uh, it was 17 nothing at the half, and they didn't slow down. 38 nothing heading into the fourth. Yeah, that Lions didn't even show. Gardner Minshew sighting, though. Gardner Minshew didn't even know that happened. All right, the next one. Rams, 38. Texans, 22. Stafford with three touchdowns, and, you know, Cup and Henderson went off. Yeah, I mean, we saw this coming. Everybody saw this coming. The Houston Texans saw this coming. They were like, you know, they're packing their bags for the airport, uh, you know, halfway through. And then somebody decided, hey, let's have a huge fourth quarter to cover the right. spread for no fucking reason. Oh, shoot, did they? I didn't realize. Yeah, the... Uh, this was the same way as the Lions game. I'm watching both of these at the same time going, they're both 38 to nothing heading into the fourth, and I've already decided they're in the two-minute no offense. So yeah. I've, I've forgotten about it. So when I saw that, yeah, Texas they put didn't a bunch of points up. Ah, all right. You guys all got, got a lot of people worried. Um, but uh, And then finally, Jaguars 7, Seahawks 31. Dan, taking the Lions <sighs> and Jaguars, you have to answer to that. <laughs> I do. Well, I listen, man. To live life is to live life boldly. <laughs> and unfortunately, 
I live life boldly through the Lions and Jaguars. You know, the Cowboys have been so successful this year that I have no choice but to feel bad for these. Oh, there's the timer. But I, <laughs> I will say this. Uh, Geno Smith looked good, but he looked Geno Smith good. Um, yeah. You know, he he did exactly what we assume Geno Smith will do on his best day, which is throw for around 200 yards and two touchdowns if you're lucky. Um Oh boy, this Jaguars team is a super bad. It almost feels like yeah, Jaguars are look awful, but it almost felt like the Seahawks Geno Smith finally got a couple of weeks to practice with the ones and he's like, Oh, Tyler Lockett catches everything and yeah. DK Metcalf has a crazy uh you know, catch radius. I'll just throw it anywhere near these guys. And that's what he realized and he's finally turned it on. <laughs> but this means Geno Seahawks Smith, Yeah. He threw to four receivers. Yeah. No, and Lockett only got twelve. <laughs> Only two receivers had more than one catch, and it was Lockett and Metcalf. Right? Yeah, this was this you was very much like bread's the Jaguars buttered? going. Yeah, can you stop us? No, <laughs> you can't. Okay, well then we're gonna keep doing the exact same fucking thing every play. And the Seahawks get a bye week, week nine. The Lions get a bye week, week nine. We can talk about a very tasty, I'll call it, Sunday night Ooh. matchup of the Tennessee Titans at the L.A. Rams. What do you think about this one, Dan? I mean, this has got to be the ramp. In Tennessee's got to travel across the country to go play without Derrick Henry. I got to give it to the Rams, whether Von Miller plays or not. But if Von Miller plays, if I'm, <laughs> oh boy, if I'm Ryan Tannehill, I'm, I'm ducking. That's it's going to be a tough pass rush when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one way or another, what we're talking about is one of the best teams in the AFC versus one of the best teams in the NFC, and we get it on prime time. Like that's exciting as heck. So that's what you want. I'll, I'm going to take the Rams, too. I uh, I really like what they're doing, obviously. I've been arguing Rams uh, pretty loudly today, so I'll, I'll continue with the, them winning here. And it's, you're right, a Titans team that's all of a sudden a little banged up. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Patriots win. Patriots win and beat these Chargers, who all of a sudden on a little slide. Uh, 27-24, it was a tight one, but uh, Nick Folk kicking four field goals and um, Herbert threw just as many interceptions as he did touchdowns and um this was a tight one into the third quarter it was 16 to 7 no into the fourth 16 to 17 chargers patriots scored 10 straight and left about two minutes on the clock for the chargers to fix it and they couldn't i i think this year has been a great reminder that bill belichick is one of the best defensive minds in the history of football mm. because mac jones is doing mac jonesy things which is kind of Geno Smithish, yeah. uh, where it's like around 200 yards. Great, we're gonna get a touchdown. Yeah, probably not, but they're gonna run heavily. They're gonna pass, keep it short. Yeah, pass to Controlled. everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, we were talking about Geno Smith uh, passing to four people. Um, that Mac Jones passed to fucking nine. Yeah, you he's know, on the kill Harry again. Oh, look, he's yeah. alive. Hey, he's alive. He's you know he's got thirty yards. So crazy. Yeah. But they were throwing. They were throwing everybody. They didn't fucking care. It was just about getting guys motion, getting guys open. Uh, I I feel like this was also kind of a trap game for the Chargers, where they, I don't know why they felt like, oh, New England's going to cross the country. Well, we did. It's like New England's going to come across the country, or they're going to play us here. We're going to beat the shit out of them. They got a rookie quarterback. Uh, they did not seem ready for this this Belichick defense at all. Yeah. Um. You know, and the defense was like, oh wow, we we're on the field a lot. And Mac Jones is just kind of bleeding us slowly, you know. So, yeah, it, it it didn't feel it felt like a good back and forth game, but at no point was anybody ever throwing knockout punches. Um, and if you do that against Belichick, you lose. 
I think the difference I'm seeing in this Patriots team from last year is uh, they're getting better with each week because it's not, you know, an aging Cam Newton leading your offense and things like that. Like they're, it's for the future. It's not probably this year, but God, they could sneak in with a seventh, sixth spot, wild card spot in the AFC yeah. because as long as they keep winning these type of games over the Chargers, things like that, that's going to help them in the long run. So. It's a surprising win on my end, too. I, I thought the Chargers were better than this. They're coming off a bye and everything else. But, hey, Patriots steal one on the road. Uh, you got to look out for those. Um, Chargers and you know, Eckler had a good game. They were in this. The, it wasn't as close as the end score actually dictates because that last touchdown had 40 seconds left on the clock. So by then it was coming down to the onside kick one way or another. They got it down there. That's ex- that was uh, impressive. They they drove the field, but I think the Patriots were willing to give them that at the end. Oh um, yeah, they didn't give a shit. The the Chargers too, uh, as far as uniforms are concerned, they were they're all dark blue ones. They seem to have a uniform that has all three sh- like three different shades of blue that they can have. So <laughs> jealous is what I am. <laughs> the Chargers, they the go versatility. to That's right. Uh, they go to Philly to play the Eagles this week. What do we think about that one? Dude, have I picked Philly at all this year for anything? <laughs> so just skip you on this ever. one? Just say pass? Just skip. Just skip me. I like Justin Herbert, and I hate the fucking Eagles. Yeah, let's uh, hooray. I know they're going across the country, but, yeah, big loss, embarrassing loss. This will be a this will be a very aggressive film room this week. <laughs> um, and, you know, you got a... <laughs> you got an Eagles team that's like, hey, we might be pretty good. Y'all played the Lions. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really hope a Chargers win is in the books here. I think it will be a coming to earth of the Eagles. It is at home, and you're right, cross the country thing, but it's a late start. For some reason, this is a kickoff at three. Uh, so I the Chargers, for them, it's almost the same time as when they usually play. So yeah, I think the Chargers come in there and win it. They need it uh, to keep up with their division. You know, the Eagles, I don't think, yeah, they're fully bought in for this season. So there's one team that, that – uh, is expected more, and that's the LA Chargers. So I'll take the Chargers as well. All right, we got a few more games to talk about from this week, Dan. So let's push on through. Uh, the Carolina Panthers won on the road. They beat the Atlanta Falcons. We picked it. Uh, mm-hmm. This game was again a tight one. It was nine ten Falcons at the half, twelve to ten Panthers into the early fourth. Young Hoku miss. Young Hoku misses a like forty five yard field goal, uh, which doesn't get them doesn't get the pan uh the falcons going and the panthers put another touchdown on the board with about 630 left so there just wasn't enough time for the falcons to come back they throw another interception atlanta just not closing out games again is what we saw yeah i mean this is matt ryan having a bad game against a panthers defense that found it again mm. um you know, Ryan was not inaccurate. He just, you know, was being forced into bad decisions. He also, his wide receiver core is bereft, you know, especially losing Calvin Ridley to personal issues. Yeah, so that came out. You know what? My mom broke me that news. She goes, did you hear this stuff about Calvin Ridley? I was like, what are you talking about? Well, I guess he's, <laughs> like, talk, thinking retirement, just doesn't want to play anymore. I'm like, no, I, no, I didn't know about any of this. So I got to re- do some research on that, but. Yeah, he's he's saying it is a personal matter, um, but he is taking time out to collect himself. Yikes. Um, and it's, you know, it's tough when you see that in a young dude who, you know, 
whenever I hear about a wealthy person going, I'm going to take some time off to discover myself, there's a part of me that's like, ah, fuck you. But then there's <laughs> another part of me that, that remembers that this is a, a dude in his early 20s, mid-20s, right. who has been playing football his whole fucking life. His whole fucking life. You know, he's been playing football for about as long as I've been working, and he's been working at this idea of being a professional football player. And if that's not making you happy... You know, if that's not contributing to your happiness or, if anything, contributing to your mental unrest, I can't imagine what that's like to build your life around something and then it not making you happy anymore. Sure. No, so that sounds scary. I, I, tr- I try to have a little empathy with that. Um, if you're going to take a time off, it's best to be young and rich while you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and really, I, I hope Calvin really comes back. He is a talent. Um, he is a player that the Atlanta Falcons would love to have back and build around. But... You know, Brett Favre and all the quarterbacks that have retired when their bodies were still quote-unquote good, talk about it as like, if you're not mentally there for football, you're going to get hurt. You oh, know, sure. and, and you're gonna yeah. You're going to get fucking killed. So if you're not mentally tuned the fuck in, then step out. I'd be so a little, good for him for stepping away. Yeah, I'd be a little worried too. Uh, he's in a spot where the class uh, in that position was Julio Jones for a decade in Atlanta and then... We're letting him go because we have faith in this guy. You know, that's a lot of pressure and that's a lot of attention. And then when he wants to step away like that, I hope he's not getting backlash from Falcons fans because it's a, you know, they're still in this. It's, it's a, these are game, big games in the division and stuff. And when somebody doesn't make it and they're healthy to play, you can hold a grudge, especially if you've got money on yep. the game or things like that. So I hope that's not what's happening. And, and I'm on the side of like, I want the player to feel good enough to play kind of thing mentally and physically um in this one i think you know the panthers are making themselves out as like a don't count us out just yet team but you know jekyll and hyde guys uh darnold didn't even finish this game he has a concussion he's in protocol um currently as didn't we have speak, a good one beforehand <laughs> no and he keeps getting pulled out of these other ones it doesn't seem like they're excited about him anymore um, so yeah, I don't, it, until McCaffrey comes back and they can kick up that offense again to the gear that it can get to with him, you know, we're looking at this and they'll have to steal some wins where they can. When you steal them on the road in division, that's a good, that's a good day, I guess. Yeah. I mean, to be four and four is to better, better than being three and five. Yeah. Um, so all you can do is win this one this week. And you know, if you're four and four, you might be able to go 13 and four. So yeah. just keep at it. Keep, you know, keep pounding that rock every day. And what is the one this week? Well, they're at home and they got the New England Patriots coming to town. It's Patriots at Panthers. We're back in the alliteration. This time with the peas, Dan, who do you like? Well, I've got my popper stopper engaged on my microphone, so Whoa. hopefully this is coming through crisp and clear while you drink a glass of water. No hard peas. No hard peas. And so... I I got to give it to these Patriots who have been impressing me. The Patriots have been impressive, whereas the Panthers have been <laughs> pathetic. Too much. Perchance, I'll take the Patriots to pummel these Panthers. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, no, actually, I'm with you in this one. I like the Patriots. Maybe it's the win in, in L.A. that uh, has excited me of them, but um, and also the Panthers are not any ex- I, that win in in Atlanta was less exciting, much less. So yeah. I'll take Didn't the Patriots on the road. Uh, let's talk about the big surprise in uh, NOLA. The Saints winning over the Buccaneers, 36-27, to putting a bunch of points on the board. 
even after losing Jameis Winston to a knee injury that has him done for the season. We saw Trevor Simeon get back in there, uh, and uh, Saints not really miss a beat. Uh, Brady still threw four touchdowns, 375 yards, but they turn it over. The Buccaneers have a little bit of a turnover hiccup this season, and that's what I think caught him in this one, and, and the Saints took over and won. Uh, this was the week of the backup win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had Gino, you had Trevor Simeon, you had obviously Cooper Rush, you Who? had uh, <laughs> and Mike White. So these are guys where it's you yeah, know this yeah. is when this is when you look at your GM and go, nice, thank you, thank you for this fucking guy, thank you for not just you know picking a fucking dead body or a kid that can't do it. Mm-hmm. Trevor Simeon is a uh, you know he's a former Denver Bronco. He's uh he's not a bad player. He's just nobody's sexy pick to be your starter. Um, Jameis Winston's done for this season, though, so Trevor Simeon, I can see him holding off uh, Taysom Hill as the starter. Uh, yeah. If you want to keep your offense running the way it's supposed to be running, um, this might not be the worst option to keep him in and let you know let him be a gadget again. Um, Trevor Simeon can get it done. He's he is a tre- Teddy Bridgewater type player where he is smart. He's going to throw short dink and dunks, but to Alvin Kamara, that's pretty explosive. So who knows? I mean, I'm taking this win quite big for the Saints, honestly. Uh, it's because, huge. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't clean. It probably wasn't the way they wanted to play the game, but they still came out with a demanding win. I mean, they were up 23-7 to in the third. They controlled it pretty much uh, from the start whistle till then, and then the Buccaneers did show up. They put up two touchdowns. They brought it within uh, – two points in the fourth quarter and then within one point yeah saints like extended the lead but then the buccaneers oh buccaneers even took over the lead with 544 mm-hmm. left in this one 27 26 so very impressive tampa's still going to be one of the classes to beat but the saints proved at least at home that they can keep up with them uh the score is much more lopsided because the pick six to put it away but that was something too that uh, the Saints and, and other teams, too, lately have been jumping Tom Brady passes. And if that starts becoming an issue, then the uh, confidence goes down a little bit in Tampa, and then they can be taken, uh, like like this game here. So Saints come out with a big old win because they're going to need it to, to keep up in the NFC. The Saints, over the next three weeks, yeah. could beat could beat the Falcons at their own house. They go to Tennessee to face a weakened Titans team that mm-hmm. might just be, you know, you know, jabbing to stay in it, and then go to Philadelphia, and I think are better than the Eagles, but I think everyone's better than the Eagles, <laughs> um, before they get into any trouble with the Bills and Cowboys in the next two games. So they might be in the back quarter of the season with a potential division lead. Yeah. Um, and that's not where we saw the Saints at the beginning of the season. I, you got to give a little bit up to, uh, you know, your least favorite person, Sean Payton. I do. Uh, this is a well-coached yeah. team. Yeah, and that's what you're right. That's what it calls. I mean, we saw it when Teddy had to step in. When, you know, uh, starters go down and backups come in, usually the Saints have been one of those teams that doesn't miss a beat. That's very well-coaching. So they keep doing that, especially in this game. Can it continue? Is Trevor Simeon also going to work that way? I'm very excited to find out. You said it, Dan. <laughs> they got the Atlanta Falcons coming to town this week. Uh, are the Saints going to win this, or do we see the Falcons like jump up by 30 and then lose it? How does this go? 
Uh, why not? Why not up by 30 and lose it uh, 50 to 34? Right. I don't know how they're going to score 30 and then four points. Maybe two safeties. Who knows? Um, yeah, I, I think right now, even with Trevor Simeon, this is a more talent, especially on the defense. This is a good Saints defense. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. There's enough offensive weapons. You know, if you're Michael Thomas, you're looking at the Saints team going, eh, maybe I should come back. Maybe this, maybe this won't be a completely lost season for me. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, Falcons are losing weapons as the Saints keep finding them. Um, if Ridley doesn't play again, you know, maybe Kyle Pitts shows up again. He didn't really come up big this last week. I didn't see him show up on my stats on the fantasy, but uh, he's 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 uh, ability. You know, he has the ability to do it. So let's see what happens there. But I like the Saints at home. That loud crowd that you saw it was getting to to the Buccaneers for sure. So it's going to get to the Falcons. And then the Bucks get a bye week, so they're gonna have to sit on this loss for another week, and I'm sure that's gonna just eat at Brady and all of them. And we'll see what they do when they come back from their bye. His kids aren't getting any lip kisses this week. That's oh. for sure. That's too. That's that's <laughs> too bad. Question mark. Uh, you know what? Let's just move on. And talk about Monday night, uh, where the Chiefs beat the Giants. We all picked it, but oh, were we sweating? It's 17-20, just a three-point win in Kansas City. This is, I mean, honestly, the this is going to hurt. The Giants were the better team. Oh, They really were. I mean, Mahomes was all over the place. I, I'm not saying they were the more talented team. Right. That's not, that's obviously not weirdly, true. Which is weirdly, right, yeah. But these Chiefs were not, like, it seemed like they didn't give a shit. The Chiefs' rhythm was way off. Like, yeah, it just seemed like Mahomes is not the Mahomes of old. Um uh, he had recently had a kid. That shit tires the fuck out of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that might be doing something. You know, maybe he's a good dad and it's making him a shitty quarterback. Uh, if anything, get a fucking nanny, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you got the money. If I had the money, uh, you think I'd ever see these kids? Not a fucking chance. Not a chance. <laughs> yeah, he's still got be the arm. Up he's still got the ability. It's weird, but you're right. He's missing people. Those, um, you know what, just screw it. Tyreek Hill's down there somewhere. Throws are just not checking in. Yeah. It wasn't all him. I mean, um, they were putting balls on the ground, too. There were fumbles and turnovers and stuff like that. It's just it's kind of a careless Chiefs team, I think. And the yeah. defense is still piss poor. Even the Giants putting up 17 is too much. It's They don't, you know, you're, you're playing a lot of backups. You're, Devontae Booker uh, gashing you for a big gain and stuff like that is, like, not it, – it's going to hurt you even if – Mahomes and everything on offense figures it out and turns it around again. There's no fixing that defense with what you have there uh, for the playoffs. So well, they got Melvin Ingram. You know that's it's, true. They added Melvin Ingram today. It's an add. I don't know if it's a. I don't know if it's a big hand on the scale, but having him and Frank Clark will give you a bit more of an edge. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll that'll force offensive lines to at least stay honest against you. So, you know I. I think they're expecting more than a sixth-round pick's return for Melvin Ingram's performance. But, yeah, I, I don't know how you help. I mean, Sorensen has got to leave the NFL. He's got to be one of the worst coverage safeties I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the Chiefs have got problems up and down this defense, and their offense is not bailing them out anymore, and that's problematic. Right. They, they were able to come back in this one. They needed to come back in the fourth to beat these Giants, so... It's again one of those um, you don't feel it's a win, but you don't feel great about it. I mean, 
you didn't lose anybody to, to injury or anything like that like the Titans did. It's a different type of like, yeah, we won. But how, it, it feels like when the Vikings beat the Lions a few weeks back, it was like, yeah. oh, my God, it took that? It took that much? Yeah. All right, well, here we go. Um, I watched the Manning cast. Um, they, uh, they're they getting a little bit better on talking over their guests and stuff. They had on uh, – um, who did they have on this week? They had Josh Allen on in the third quarter. They had um, uh, John Stewart on. They had uh, uh, the defensive end for the Strahan, Giants. Strahan, Strahan. Thank you, Michael Strahan. And then in the fourth quarter, oh, Michael Irvin. So, yeah, yeah they had some fun guests on, and they were they were lively. lively. That was nice. Um, there were still those times where, like, they come back from a commercial or something, and you could tell someone's talking in their ears, and you just got two Manning brothers sitting there smiling and nodding at the camera. No one says anything for eight seconds. It's so awkward, but I love it. It's tough to get into rhythm when you have three members of a podcast all coming in virtually. I mean, you and I do this virtually, and we still have to be respectful of that pace and tone because you're always like a half second behind just because you're doing, mm. um, you know, even the greatest technology in the world. There's a little delay. It's it's not as rhythmic a, as being in person. Well, this is staying in. Yeah, what what timing <laughs> to talk about technology? Skype and you lose him as he's talking about technology. Yeah, yeah, I'll shorten that beat, but that's staying in. Okay, it's it's tough, man. It, technology is fucking tough. We deal with it every day. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't have the the financial support of a Manning uh, ESPN two broadcast, but we're probably like ESPN three. We got that kind of budget. And so, then did you see the clip of uh, Peyton just chomping down on a piece of chicken? With uh, no utensils, <laughs> no bun, just holding the chicken and just ha, ha, ha. yeah, you don't need no bun, baby. Keto, live keto, that keto yep, lifestyle. Keto in that, yeah. Oh man, he look, he's like, oh, we're showing this halftime stuff. <laughs> he didn't even know they were filming. It was embarrassing, and he's just got to deal with it. No man and cast next week, so then Monday night we don't get to listen to him, but uh, they'll be back after that, I guess. I'm I'm just really enjoying that. The Giants have a home game. Sorry, I'm moving on from Monday night or oh, anything. Yeah. Okay. Giants are no, have a home game the against the Giants. Raiders coming off a bye. This is something we didn't bring up at the top, but I said we'd talk about it. Henry Ruggs. Uh, Henry Ruggs left a some golf course in and out thing on Top uh, Golf in Vegas at uh, the middle of the night, what, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. or something, and got in a awful fiery DUI car wreck. Uh, it lost people's lives. Uh, he is fine, from what I understand, uh, physically. But um, yeah, we're gonna. We'll just have to wait and see what legal repercussions happen with Henry Ruggs, the very young and talented wide receiver of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Henry Ruggs has been booked for a DUI that resulted in a death. Yeah, it's it's the worst kind of DUI, you know. A DUI is always a stupid fucking decision. It's always stupid. It becomes even dumber when you've got the money to get a cab. And you're in Vegas. There's a fucking million cabs. The NFLPA provides for drivers. Did you know that? That's awesome. I'd love that. The NFLPA provides for drivers for players. They're stationed in every city. And if you call them, it's not even like a fucking regular cab service. They will come out and they will drive your car for you. 
They Man, will do that. It sounds like I that is have a thing to available. Wait a bit. <laughs> it's it's just one of those things. Like, how do yeah. you fuck this up? How do you throw your life away? I I don't think Henry Ruggs will ever play again. I I really don't. I think this is the end. We're talking about the end of a young man's career. We're talking about the end of people's lives. Yeah. You know, it's one dead, one injured in the in. <laughs> they weren't passengers in his vehicle. You yeah. know, these were people just living their lives, just driving. Probably having a great time in Vegas. And this guy gets a DUI and fucking destroys, we know, one life and probably two lives by this fucking awful decision. It's selfish. It's stupid. I, I don't know. I sound like a scold, but at the same time, like, there's no reason for this ever. Yeah. There's never any reason for this. It's a young and stupid mistake, but it's going to change his life, and that sucks. And And he needed to know better, and he didn't. And... Yeah, you're right. Like you said, it ruined lives. It ruined multiple lives. It's it anything like that is a just an earthquake in in the world kind of thing, and it's just gonna keep hitting other people. It sucks. Um, he's 22 years old. Let's talk 22 about 22 fo- years old. Just yeah. made so much money, and he's never gonna you know it's all gone. Let, let's talk about football. There's a Raiders yes, Giants please. game. <laughs> it says Raiders at Giants. What do you think uh, with the Raiders coming off the bye? Well, coming off the bye, coming off this news, I mean. We knew when the Gruden stuff was happening, they came out and played really flat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I worry that they'll do the same thing after this. I mean, worry. I mean, who I, comparatively, who gives a shit? But right. it's – I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to take the Giants. Okay. Um, I just think <laughs> – you ever, you ever come back from a vacation – and something at work so fucking stupid happens that it's almost like you never went on vacation at all. Like, it drains your batteries. Oh, yeah, and all of a sudden you're like, shoot, yeah, it didn't feel like I left. I'm back into this junk immediately, I, yeah. I feel like something like this will do exactly that to the Raiders on a bye week and just go, fuck. They've it's been like through a never, lot this season It's already. been a rough season. It's and been a rough season they're doing well, for the, yeah, so far, but yeah. No, I would, I, be, I would not be surprised the Giants win this at home. I'm going to pick opposite you. We don't have many of these so far. This one, I'll take the Raiders. I think though, there's rumors that uh, even Saquon might be back. But again, uh, you know, another pitch count kind of thing. I think, and the and the Giants are still trying to figure who they are out. The Raiders at least know it, and they're dealing with these uh, uh, outside and the football field distractions. So I'm gonna go one more week that it doesn't touch them on the football field, and I'll take the Raiders. I will say there is one bit of good news out of the Raiders um, is that they cut Nathan Peterman, oh, did they? Um, which I think is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do when a tragedy strikes. You cut Nathan Peterman. Cut Nathan Peterman. That's no, that's how you have to react. Don't uh, have time let, for his bullshit in this locker room. We just have a few more games to go from last week. Let's go all the way back to Thursday night. This is when I knew that this weekend would suck. Now, <laughs> Packers <laughs> beat the Cardinals. The undefeated teams are no more. Let the 72 Dolphins pop that champagne. 24-21. None of us picked it. We thought the Cardinals would keep this going. Uh, Packers without any wide receivers. Didn't matter. Uh, Aaron Jones had a good game. Rodgers still threw two touchdowns, both to Cobb. Uh, yeah, the... Um, the the Cardinals had chances. They came back in this one. They even fought back at the very end, and then interception in the end zone because AJ Green doesn't turn his head around. AJ Green had no idea what the fucking play was. Yeah, he went blocking. And yeah, he was like, "Oh, yep, that's great. I the play's not to me." Um, 
everybody else knew what the play was. It seemed like the Packers knew what the play was. And uh, yeah, you you can't you can't have shit like this. Um, AJ Green, like I, you're not in the Bengals anymore. Those plays might mean different things. Um, this to the Packers' eternal credit, there is no reason this game should have even been close. Let alone them winning this. You know, Cardinals Aaron Rodgers. Even, yeah. Yeah, sorry, the Cardinals. Aaron Rodgers is the devil. He is the devil. We forget that sometimes when he decides that he wants to be the devil and statistically did not have a great game. But God damn it, was he making some great throws in this one. Well, Packers went into this going, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to give the ball to Kyler Murray over there. And they didn't. There was these long, long drives, and there was these points. And there was a point, too, where they started arguing whether or not Aaron Jones got across the plane on one of the long touchdowns at the beginning. And I think I got like a text from my brother who's obviously cheering with me wholeheartedly for the Cardinals and he's like well how do they let them get that you know you can't put a chip in this ball and just know where the goal line is anymore we have the technology stuff and I go Dan I I wanted them to get that touchdown no now because this Cardinals never get the damn ball like they're if they weren't going to get it in there they're going to get it in the next play because they like just got a first down the the Packers knew like we don't have anybody on offense, but if we can just milk the clock and get points and the Cardinals have to play catch up, we have a shot and oh man, it worked to a T and it pissed the fuck out of me, but it worked. I mean this, it very much felt like, oh boy, these Cardinals have got it sewn up with that turnover on downs at fourth and goal. Right. It's like, oh my God, what a, what a, there's three minutes, you know, three and a half minutes left on the clock. They're going to run down this, you know, goal line stop. The team's energized, way to go. And then to throw that interception right at the end was fucking brutal. Fucking brutal, man. Um, I, I think Kyler Murray still having a great year. Yeah. Still, you know, fucking really solid. But yeah, these, these Packers took a 10 point lead into the fourth quarter. That's a surprise in and of itself. Um, but the Packers' defense hasn't been bad this year. No. And like you said, I expected the Packers to win this. I was surprised the Cardinals were in it at the end. One of the quarterbacks said to the other, I think, see you in the playoffs after this one. I expect it. Yep. it they'll be in there. Both these teams are very good. So we got a little uh, early look of it, but it was a Thursday nighter, and there was a lot yeah. of injuries. I want to see these guys at full strength, so we'll see what happens. Uh, here's some Packers going to Kansas City to play the Chiefs this week. That's that'll be an interesting one. But who do we like, Dan? I mean, you got to give it to the Packers. They're better rested. They'll probably have their full complement of wide receivers back, or at least you know, at least Devontae Ab- Adams. Um, and yeah, I don't know what the fucking Chiefs are, so I got to give it to the known quantity, the seven and one Green Bay Packers. Yeah, here we go. Here's another one where uh, you got a Monday night team playing a Thursday team. Like, oh, okay. Somebody got three Stuff. more extra days or whatever. So, yeah, it's in Kansas City. Green, Green Bay has to go in there. Who would have thought and this should be a class of a game, but I think the Chiefs are going to have a really hard time keeping up with Green Bay in this game. I really do. Uh, so, like, the Packers on the road. Of course they get the Chiefs when they, things aren't working out for them. That just makes <laughs> sense. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Another road team winning the Packers. Let's talk about a road team winning on Sunday. The 49ers winning in Chicago to beat those Bears, which I picked. Dan, I don't know what you're doing taking Chicago. <sighs> like a fool. Like so. I said, I live boldly, but, man, offensively, they are just not good. This this Bears team does not have it this year, man. Yeah. They just don't. And I, I was hoping that Matt Nagy not being on the sidelines would – 
put a little pep in their step. But, uh, nope, they're just not very talented offensively. Um, with Montgomery being out and injured, you know, basically the whole rest of the year, it's it's Justin Fields' show. And, you know, led the team in rushing, had over 100 yards. Very talented individual, but who the fuck is he throwing it to? Right. And where the fuck is that offensive line? So anybody laying this at the feet of Justin Fields is not watching these games. The dude is hurried constantly. He is a playmaker, which the Bears haven't had in several years now. But, yeah, this this Bears team is far away from being competitive. They need several pieces on the offensive side of the ball. That's what it is. It's their offense seems all of a sudden destitute. Now, yeah, they lost, like you said, they lost Montgomery. They're not playing with him. They still seem to have success running the ball, and with as bad of an offensive line they have, I'm super surprised that that works. So these guys, just they can't pass protect, I guess. Uh, most of this offense was either Herbert running the ball or Fields just escaping and getting out of there yeah. for yards. Uh, the, the one touchdown he had for 21 yards was imp- super impressive, and I'm like, man, I'm going to get tired of watching that for a bunch of years if, if he, this <laughs> catches on. Um the other side of the ball, the Niners found offense the second half. That they, I don't know, it was some way that they changed everything up that all of a sudden they were moving the ball with ease in the second half that they couldn't do in the first half. Uh, it was 9-13 to 13 Bears. They were just settling for all field goals. But, um, yeah, turned it on, put a bunch of points on, and, in fact, uh, in the late fourth, the Fire Niners just added 10 more just to kind of push this out of the way. They were up by... It was funny where they had an opportunity to tie it, miss an extra point. Then later in the second half, that same thing happens to the Bears. They miss the extra point, so they're down 22-23 at that point. And it was, uh, they were talking about it, that uh, Joey Sly, I think, is the Niners kicker. Yeah. And getting coached up by Robbie Gold on the sideline, being like, it's fuck, don't even fucking kick here. It's awful. Uh, <laughs> the wind doesn't make any goddamn sense. So, uh, yeah, actually point it here if you want it to go left. It was Soldier kind of funny. It Oof. was it was like watching a Chicago native uh, try to teach somebody how to pronounce like Richton Park. Yeah. Uh, it's you know it's like what is spelled Richton? It's like nah, it's Richton. Don't worry about it. Uh, fucking move on. <laughs> so it, yeah. I mean, I, I still don't know if these Niners. It's good for them to get a win, but I don't know how much it helps them in the NFC West. Honestly, like the NFC West, even with the Cardinals taking a loss, is still you're still four games back. What the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah, no. Um, surprisingly, the Niners could still try to fight for maybe the less wild card spot in the NFC, and that's what you're you're probably holding out for because you're probably not going to catch Cardinals or Rams no. in your division. Um, but the Seahawks are going to get healthier too. The Panthers are going to get healthier too. All those teams are ahead of you right now. So, yeah, there's a lot. Well, I think the Seahawks are actually not. But, yeah, the Niners still need a lot to go right and – They've yeah you know, they've kind of dented my expectations over the last few weeks. It's not gonna get much easier for them. They're at home this week, but the Cardinals are coming to town and they're coming off a loss where they have a little bit more time as well because they're coming from Thursday. So, what do you yeah. think, Dan? Playing an angry Cardinals team at home. Um, this if they lose this game, Tombstone. I'm I'm putting Tombstone on the Niners. Oof. And at that point, just let Trey Lance play out the string. You'd be three and five. You'd be five games back in your division with half a season to go, you're not coming back from that shit. Yeah. Um, you know, then you gotta you gotta play the kid at that point. And that's probably the only way Shanahan saves his job. 
I think the Cardinals know this division and they'll take these Niners uh, because they're feeling confident and uh, lost a, a bad one at home. They want to get right. So uh, can can a team win seven in a row and then start a losing streak? I don't, I don't think so. So I'll take the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, Monday night, the Chicago Bears are going to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. We're getting Bears-Steelers on Monday. What do you think? I sure hope we don't like offense. <laughs> right. Right. Because, holy fuck, this is going to be a defensive struggle. Um, I got to give it to the Steelers at home against a Bears team that still hasn't impressed me at all. The Steelers seem to score enough points, and the Bears don't. So, to me, that's the difference, and I'm going to take Steelers at home. I hope the Steelers at least get a healthy kicker because it might come down to that in a game like this. Uh, but I like the Steelers, too. I, I don't like the Bears too much here. Their offense is... Just not getting it going, and Fields is too young to do it all himself. So I like the Steelers. All right, Dan, what leaves us with just one more game. That is the Buffalo Bills beating the Miami Dolphins 26-11 to in this one. It was a little bit tighter into the second half. It was 3-3. Bills, though, had a 17-3 to lead in the early fourth. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins did what they could to, to make it closer. It was 11-17 to after a touchdown and two-point conversion, but from that point on it was all bills uh dolphins turning the ball over fumbles interceptions to end it when they needed it you know when when you've got to have it and you just don't get it <laughs> that's that's the fucking miami dolphins man this, this is a tombstone uh probably not a shock by the way the the lions were tombstone at the beginning of the season i don't know if i <laughs> talked is. about that they Proact- were actually yeah. yeah they were retroactively and proactively tombstone beginning of the year uh, Miami's done. Miami's over. Um, at this point, anything you're doing with Tua is, you know, it's just experimentation. Mm-hmm. You know, if Tua can get it together and rip off a couple wins here, yeah, you go into the offseason and you say, hey, Tua's our guy. If Tua shits the bed and completely unwinds, you go, hey, fan base, we tried with Tua, but it's not working. We're going to move on with a new quarterback and, um, you know, get back into the into the swing of things and see what we can do. But, um, this is also not a great draft class for quarterbacks. So, you know, two is probably your best option. So do you protect him or do you just say, ah, throw him to the wolves, see what we can do? It's an interesting experiment. Yeah, Tua, it is tough because I didn't – I watching this game, I didn't think he played bad. Uh, I've, I feel like since he's come back from this injury, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if there's a lot of talent here in this Dolphins offense, honestly. I mean – your, your running backs, Miles Gaskin, your best receiver is probably your tight end in Gasicki. It just doesn't look like he's got a lot. So I don't blame it all on Tua. I'd like to see them build around some more here. But uh, one, yeah. one way or another, one in seven Dolphins is a super, super disappointment. Uh, you hung in this game for a little bit, but, again, the Bills are just a much better team, and that's what we saw. And, and that's the big difference is – you're in a division where the Patriots took one year off. Right. They're right back in it. Yeah. The Bills built through the draft correctly, added a bunch of defensive and offensive playmakers, um, traded correctly, you know, bringing in guys like Stephon Diggs, signing offensive uh, free agents like Cole Beasley, um, getting Devin Singletary in the draft, getting Josh Allen in the draft. And then you look at the Miami Dolphins and you go, uh, we picked up Xavier and Howard, and then everybody else was kind of a mistake. Uh, you know, Chris Wilkins people, is doing pretty good. But yeah, some of the people it. they got rid of for what they got in return just doesn't make a lot of sense. Minka Fitzpatrick was on this team. Like, uh, yeah, 
And they're like, oh, no, it's to, for future stuff. Well, okay, but he's good when? now. Yeah. Never really never really panned out. So Dolphins in a lot of trouble. But, hey, here's, here's a silver lining. The Houston Texans come to town. Hey, hey. Are we going to talk about this one Bowl. next week? Only if it goes to overtime. But otherwise, it's a yeah, future two-minute no offense. Yeah. Yeah, there is officially no reason to actually talk about this fucking game. Um, yeah, I mean, with the exception of the uh, the trade for left tackle, what the fuck was his name? Um, he's dying on the ra- on the Texans right now. Oh yeah. Um, oh, that's gonna that's gonna bother me. I'll figure it out. Um, but how uh, oh, he got hit with the fucking weed gas mask? I know. Um, Tunsil. Laramie yeah, Tunsil. Yeah, Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. So after the Laramie Tunsil trade. You know, you're like, wow, the the Dolphins sure did get a haul, but then they haven't done anything with it. And the Houston Texans have done nothing since they got Laramie Tunsil. So it's the Tunsil Bowl. Um, (laughs) Two inept, bad-run teams. Uh, See who can squeak away another win and uh, potentially get a a top-five pick out of this. I'm going to take Dolphins at home. Did you pick it? I'm gonna yeah, pick the you Texans. have to pick it. All right. I'm going to pick the Texans. <laughs> All right, Texans. There I, you it's go. A, got another one it's different. a weird one. Yeah. Let's see what yeah, happens. Yeah, it's a weird one, but we we haven't picked a lot different. I'm going to I'm going to give it to David Culley and the Texans. They they didn't lose their spark against the Rams in the fourth quarter. They were clearly outmatched and outmanned, but they stayed in it. And I feel like these Dolphins, you know, stay in it, but they're just not talented. So it it might actually be a fun game. Shitty to watch, but maybe fun. <laughs> and and then finally, the Buffalo Bills are going to Jacksonville. They're playing the Jaguars this week. <sighs> I'm not going to pick the Jaguars again, I think, for the rest of the year. Let's you know? go, Buffalo. Talked to our buddy Pat uh, this week, and uh, he started in again on the, you know, I'm in the same position as last year, and I'm waiting for the team with real bad losses to, to start winning games and these Lions and go get that first overall pick. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know what you're hoping to get next year. <laughs> There's no Trevor Lawrence sitting there, you know? So, I mean, you're, you're hoping for somebody to come up and give you a King's ransom. That's what you're hoping for. Perhaps. Yeah. 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 For the first overall pick for somebody, you know, yeah. whoever, ever somebody falls in love with, but yeah, Jaguars are there again. You know, aren't we getting used to it? I like the Bills, of course. Um, all right, so let's wrap up the show, Dan, um, with picks as we lean into it. You may have gotten your team's win in that game, but I I beat you pretty soundly instead of that yes. picks. Um, but when it was all the des- dust settled, I actually only went up on you on one game. So I have 78 correct now, and you're at 77. Well, seven's a lucky number. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm I'm below my ten game average. So hopefully, I repair that this week and get myself up to ninety. <laughs> that'd be it. That'd be a hell of a week. But you brought it to my attention after we finished the ga- uh, podcast last week too that we also played each other in fantasy football. Yeah, uh, which you I beat you. There. I beat you pretty good in that too. So yeah. That felt good. In fact, it got to the point where Monday night when I'm watching uh, Tyreek Hill have like 10 catches in the first half and that, that lead diminish, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have to turn this off if it gets any closer. I just can't deal with this. <laughs> I, re- I was well, like, was I, good. I desperately need this win over Dan after everything else. Like, I, I just have to have it. And I got it, and I got the top score. So, yeah. And, and you know what? That's that's starting a Jets running back for you. That's what that did. Yeah, that's, I mean, that was the surprise. I'm, I'm still uh, I'm tied for the lead in our – in, in our league, league. yeah. So, no, I had a really bad start. This I'm on a three-game win streak, though. It's so coming back. 
Look, look at us talking about our fantasy football. Like anyone cares. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then let me wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening to us talk about our fantasy league and everything else here this week. Um, I'm only salty because I lost. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is my little bit I get because I had to deal with the front half of this show. So <laughs> you guys have to deal with it. What do you? What can I say? Uh, no, but as you see, even a win or loss, we always enjoy discussing it. So thank you guys for giving us a reason to and listening to this podcast. We appreciate it. Tell your friends. Yeah. Get more people to listen to it. We'll, we'll do it even more. We appreciate it. Um, link rate, subscribe, and tell all your friends to also check out all of our friends' shows at universehead.com. We're part of that group. You'll see our show, Push Off Podcast, and all the other great ones that our friends do. Um, all right, Dan. I got parting words of, or no, I've got crazy stats before your parting words of wisdom. Oh, yes. Here we go. Uh, the Oh, the Jets QB Mike White. Let's talk about Mike White. He has become only the second QB since 1950 to throw for over 400 yards in his first start. Uh, the first one was Cam Newton. First one was Cam Newton. Congrats. That's good. I wasn't even going to ask you that one. Good job. And then finally, uh, there's only one team left to have every game they have left to play against a team with a winning record. Well, it's guess not it? the Cowboys. That's for fucking sure. Yep. Um, I'm going to say it's probably in the NFC West. AFC West. AFC West. Okay. Give me, God, is it the Kansas City Chiefs? It's the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, yeah. You go to the Super Bowl, that's what happens, yeah. So start with Green Bay every game against a winning record Oof. team. Yikes. Here we go, Kansas City. All right, Dan, that's all I had for Crazy Stats. That's our show. Do you have any parting words of wisdom? It is about to be week nine. We are officially halfway through. This season. Kind of, We're right? about to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in a weird way. Yeah, you get, we got 18 weeks. You know, we're at week nine. Some some teams will play nine games. Some teams are on game number eight. Um, but, man, we're halfway there. Unless you are a Lions or Jaguars fan, don't give up. <laughs> uh, there's still a long way to go. Unless you're a Texans fan also, <laughs> then also give up. Um but hey, if you're a Jets fan, you got two fucking wins. That's probably one better than you thought you were going to get. So, yeah, it's going to be a long season. Uh, the Bengals were the top of the AFC, and now they lost to the Jets. So, it's a weird year, and it could be anywhere. The Cowboys might lose six straight games. Who fucking knows? But uh, we're halfway there, and God, this has been a great year so far, hasn't it? There we go. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's call it there. Thank you guys again for listening. I am Scott. And this is Dan. You enjoy those games. Have a good one. 